I am a union miner and I'll work all night and day I am a union miner when the co-operator, some of his men, of course the sheriff and deputy were involved as well, and they bore holes in the side of a boxcar uh, for their rifles and for a machine gun and just steamed through the camp in the middle of the night and opened fire on the striking miners and their families after they had been disarmed by the National Guard. Last week's show featured music by coal miners balladeer Tom Briding performed live at the annual commemoration of the history of working people put on by the Pennsylvania Labor History Society and the Battle of Homestead Foundation in Winber, Pennsylvania. Because the show focused on the day's program, we're only able to include brief clips of Tom's songs. Today, we bring you the entire 40-minute concert because not only are the songs alive with labor history, Tom's introductions are the best kind of oral history. Tales of workers' struggles, our losses, and our victories passed along at rallies and marches on picket lines and around the campfires of striking workers. And on Labor History in Two, the year was 1937. That was the day sparring between Henry Ford and John L. Lewis spilled over into the press. I'm Chris Garlock, and this is Labor History Today. I'm going to start with, uh, I'm going to play almost all of my own songs for you, some of the songs I've written for the mine workers. But I'd like to begin with that song I just started. Uh, it's by a great West Virginia songwriter named Billy Ed Wheeler. Traveling down this cold town road Listen to my rubber tires whine Goodbye to Buckeye White Sycamore I'm leaving you behind And I've been a coal miner all my life Laying down track in the hole Got a back like an ironwood Blood veins as blue as a cold Blood veins as blue as a cold Somebody said That's a strange tattoo You have on the side of your head said that's the blueprint left by the cold a little more and I'd be dead but I love the rumble and I 
love the dark And I love the cool of the sleigh But this traveling around Looking for a job It's traveling and looking I hate Traveling and looking I hate in line for the union and I fought against the company I stood for the UMWA now who's gonna stand by me cause I got no job and I got no pay I just got a weary soul tattoo on the side of my face left by the number nine coal left by the number nine song. I'm going to play a song that uh, it was on a record that I put out in 2007 called The Unbroken Circle, Songs of the West Virginia Coal, uh, Coal Fields. Uh, this particular song, though, was inspired by the writings of Stephen Crane, who vi visited the anthracite mines in Pennsylvania and wrote about the Breaker Boys. Uh, back then, in the breaker, the, the coal process, the, when they processed it, it was all done by hand of, at the hands of children, but there were always a few old men sitting next to those children. We talked about old coal miners 100 years ago. You're talking about men 15 years younger than I am now. In their early 40s, their bodies were so racked from this industry. So if you could go back 100 years and peek into the screen room of the breaker and see one of these young boys sitting next to one of these old coal miners, old before his time. It would kind of be like looking at a snapshot of the normal life cycle at that time of the American coal miner. Mm -hmm. 
job work in the breaker and I'm just nine. Told him I was 12, no one asked if I was lying. Picking rock till my nails worn down to the quick. I get 65 cents for a 10 hour shift. Sitting in the screen room digging for slate. It's hot when it's summer, and it's cold when it ain't. And I look down from the mountain down to the tracks. Cold dream crawls like a snake long and black. Tall spires through the low-hanging clouds It's all I can see My dirty cold town particularly the mining industry. We have a long history of children working in the mines.
But um, I also uh, try to write songs to celebrate uh, the women in the labor movement, and particularly in the mines, and uh, the folks at uh, the Battle of Homestead Foundation, particularly my friend Rosemary Trump, um, asked me several years back to perform at a uh, commemoration for the 100-year anniversary of the assassination of Fanny Sellens, who was a great organizer and a great caregiver, and uh, uh, she was shot by uh, gun thugs, and her murder uh, spurred, uh, it was the catalyst, or at least helped to galvanize, I should say, the, the great steel strike of 1919. So when Rosemary asked me to play, I thought, well, if I'm gonna play a benefit for Fanny Sellens, I'm gonna write a song about Fanny Sellens. Johnstown, PA, Cleveland, and Youngstown, Ohio. The steel strike of 19, a month before set. By September, it was strong, it was sound. And her blood-soaked picture in their union halls. Fanny Sellens, dead on the ground. Gave food to the starving, clothes to the babes, brought children into this hard world of labor and capital, poisoned by greed, seeking only to comfort the many. But the steel trust gunmen fired on the line as the miners' children she gathered round. Our blood-soaked picture in their union halls. Fanny Sellens dead on the ground. An angel of mercy, a guardian dear. A battle for freedom and love committed her here. Committed her here. Forget not the fight, forget not the martyr who's fallen. Forget not the union, the AFL, or the UMWA. Forget not the bosses, the company thugs, or the reasons they gun Fanny down. Put her blood-soaked picture in your union hall. Fanny Sellens, dead on the ground. 
Thank you. And of course, one of, uh, one of my favorite historical figures in American history was perhaps our greatest organizer, uh, Mother Mary Jones, who called the miners her boys. Of course, there's a story with this song, so I didn't write a song just specifically about Mother Jones, but about her role in the uh, strike of 1912 in southern West Virginia. There, the miners went on strike, uh, and they remained on strike. I believe it began in uh, 1911, I think. But anyway, they stayed on strike for 15 months, uh, sustaining themselves only with the help of the union who fed them, who gave them rifles to protect themselves from the sniper fire that they were enduring and the acts of harassment, um, and with the moral support of Mother Jones, who lived in those tents with them. Uh, you know, she never preached anything that uh, she wouldn't do herself. And, uh, uh, you know, of course, Mother Jones' most famous quote is, pray for the dead, but fight like hell for the living. But my favorite Mother Jones quote is, when I die, I shall tell God about West Virginia. <laughs> because the conditions were so deplorable there and the opposition so fierce. The opposition reached ahead on, in Holly Grove campground, or the uh, camping site there, the miners who were in, living in tents on Paint Creek, uh, when the co-operator, some of his men, of course the sheriff and deputy were involved as well, and they bore holes in the side of a boxcar. Uh, for their rifles and for a machine gun and just steamed through the camp in the middle of the night and opened fire on the striking miners and their families after they had been disarmed by the National Guard. And uh, uh, only two casualties, much to the dismay of the deputy sheriff who went, was put on trial for this. Nobody was convicted, but they were prosecuted. But the deputy sheriff sat on the witness stand and admitted to saying, let's go back and give those boys another round unhappy that they didn't inflict more casualties. In 1912, Teddy Roosevelt was running on a third party ticket, the Bull Moose Party. So the co-operators and the, uh, the co-operator and the sheriff and their men, they thought it would be clever to name their train. They called it the Bull Moose Special.
I began writing songs specifically for the United Mine Workers in 2012 when they were in the midst of their Fairness at Patriot campaign. Uh, the, the quick rundown of what that situation was, we had 18,000 Union coal miners who had been employed by Peabody Coal and Arch Coal to some extent, mostly Peabody, uh, and uh, Peabody uh, created another company and they they made it look as if it was a third-party buyout some a third party had come in and bought their minds but it was all done behind their boardroom doors and they created this new company called Patriot Coal and the first thing they did was they took 18,000 retirees and lumped them into the new company now I'm a folk singer so I don't know the first thing about business but I know that if I'm going to start a business, I don't want to start it with 18,000 people who can no longer work. And uh, so that was the first big red flag. Uh, of course, you know, Peabody or Patriot did show a profit for a few years. And then in 2011 or 2012, thereabouts, P Patriot Coal did exactly what it was created and designed to do, to go bankrupt, thereby robbing those 18,000 of their uh, pensions and their health care most importantly their health care. Uh, 
So anyway, I was asked to perform in St. Louis in the shadow of the Peabody building at my first rally, and I, I went out there with somewhat, uh, you know, selfish or self-centered motives. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be going out. I knew it was a good cause, obviously, but I thought, you know, how, how cool is this? I'm going to be with 3,000 coal miners and their families in downtown St. Louis in the shadow of the Peabody building. And all of that went out the window when, I, when the buses started to arrive, and I saw these retirees and their families who had spent some, sometimes up to 15 hours on those buses to get there with their oxygen tanks and their walkers. And uh, yeah, that cause, their cause seeped into my soul right then and there. And I went home mad as hell, and uh, this was the first song that I wrote uh, for, for the campaign specifically. Did you work in the mine since you were young and strong? Did you work for that company your whole life long? Did you give them all the best years you had to live to provide for your family what they promised they'd give? Are you asking for something that you haven't earned? If you ain't with the union, then buddy, you haven't learned. As years come and go, but the story's the same. A good man's forgotten, and greed is to blame. Promises made, promises broken. But we'll be there where they run, we'll be there when they hide. A promise was made, and this union has spoken. Peabody promised, Peabody lied. one man honest and true one man alone there's not a lot he can do so in the union we stand and in the union we're strong with the union I'll stay cause I know right from wrong Promises made, promises broken. But we'll be there where they run, we'll be there when they hide. A promise was made, and the union has spoken. Peabody promised, Peabody lied. Peabody promised, Peabody lied.
Thank you. Uh, so um, those 18,000, they have their health care today and their pensions, thanks to the ongoing efforts of the union. That particular campaign ended in a settlement of $490 million that Peabody gave to the union to continue the health care of the 18,000 until the Keep the Promise campaign was successful in 2019 of getting the federal government to guarantee and uh, live up to the promise made in 1946, I think. Charlie might be able to help me. I think it was the Krug-Lewis Act, I believe. And uh, they, ha they have their health care and, uh, and their pensions today because of that. So after the settlement with Peabody, uh, they asked me to write what would become my favorite song to write for the campaign because it was a victory song. Now it's here. 
soul and the promise that brought us here. Hey, I believe justice would carry the day one day. Now it's here. Thank you very much. Um, thank you. Um, one of the faces I saw here, my friend Lou, who's with the West Virginia Mine Wars Museum, uh, amazing folks preserving the great history of uh, the mine wars in West Virginia, the, the Union coal miners of West Virginia, who played such a large part in the, uh, in the, in the labor movement in the early 20th century. And uh, they had a campaign called Courage in the Haulers that resulted in a monument to the, uh, the miners who uh, participated in the largest labor uprising in American history, the Battle of Blair Mountain. Uh, to have a living standing monument there is, uh, the, two of them actually, where the miners set out and close to where the front lines were at the base of uh, Blair Mountain, one in Marmette, one in Clothier, West Virginia. Uh, but to have a monument there is, is uh, quite an amazing feat considering that I was educated in the state of West Virginia for 16 years and knew nothing about the Battle of Blair Mountain until I was in my 30s. It's a history that's been suppressed. If you, if you find any of my old West Virginia history books, you can just open the cover and right on, on the first page it'll say, Published by Arch Cole. <laughs> So uh, yeah, congratulations to them. And uh, one of my greatest honors uh, was to be able to share this song at the unveiling of the monument in, in Clarkfield. <laughs> For that wage, I'll lay my life 
when I marched down from Marmette. Armed with my Colt and Winchester, a red bandana tied about my neck. I am a union miner, and I'll mine your coal for union strong I'll make my stand my union brothers all there with me we ain't coming home till Sheriff Chafin is hanging from a sour apple tree shared enough of my own songs with you and uh, I'd like to share uh, maybe we could sing along together if you'd like um, share a song by uh, my favorite uh, American musician and artist Woody Guthrie it's just kind of a fun song it also has uh, my favorite Woody Guthrie verse of all time in it and uh, some of you may remember another recording of this but this was Woody's original. I've sung this song, but I'll sing it again. Of the place that I live on the wild, windy plains. In the month called April, the county called Gray. Here's what all of the people there say. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. This dusty old dust is getting my home And I've got to be drifting along So if your version was different 
that's the original. This dusty old dust is getting my home. Well, the dust storm hit. Yeah, it hit like thunder. It dusted us over, and it covered us under. It blocked out the traffic, blocked out the sun, and straight for home all the people did run. Singing so long, it's been good to know you so long. It's been good to know you so long. It's been good to know you. This dusty old dust is getting my home. And I've got to be drifting along. Well, sweethearts sat in the dark and they sparked. They hugged and they kissed in that dusty old dark. They sighed, they cried, they hugged and they kissed. But instead of marriage, they spoke just like this. Honey, so long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know you. So long, it's been good to know ya. This dusty old dust is getting my home, and I've gotta be drifting along. Well, the telephone rang, yeah, it rang off the wall, and that was the preacher. He was making his call. He said, "Kind friend." This might be the end, but you've got your last chance at salvation from sin. And here's my favorite verse. Well, the churches was jammed, and the churches was packed, and that dusty old dust storm would blow so black, the preacher could not read a word of his text, so he folded his specs took up a collection, said so long, it's been good to know ya, so long, it's been good to know ya, so long, it's been good to know ya, this dusty old dust is getting my home, and I've gotta be drifting along, one more time nice and loud, so long, it's been good to know ya, Getting my home, and I've gotta be drifting along. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks. Have a wonderful day, and thank you to all of you who put this together and and keep the labor history of this country alive. Thanks. Good man, brother. Thank you. I'm Rick Smith. And this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1937. That was the day sparring between Henry Ford and John L. Lewis spilled over into the press. The CIO formally declared their organizing drive of some 150,000 workers at the Ford Motor Company. John L. Lewis addressed a crowd of 25,000 the night before at the Detroit State Fairgrounds Coliseum, celebrating the recent organizing victory at Chrysler. Lewis thundered, 
Henry Ford will change his mind. He added that the victories at Chrysler and General Motors came as a result of workers' dissatisfaction with their condition. Lewis also noted that Ford Motor Company prevented workers from joining unions through a system of intimidation and coercion. Ford insisted he would never recognize the UAW or any other union in response to sit-downs at Ford plants in Kansas City and St. Louis. Notoriously anti-Semitic, he then alleged that international banking interests financed CIO organizing drives. Ford maintained workers had no reason to celebrate organizing victories, claiming workers had lost through joining unions. He said they've had their freedom taken away. They pay money to the unions and get nothing in return. But Ford was also one of the few industrial employers that hired blacks. Organizing at Ford meant organizing black workers. It meant bringing black workers on as organizers and staffers in the UAW. The UAW waged a pointed campaign to attract black workers at Ford and concentrated efforts at the massive River Rouge complex. UAW leaders Homer Martin and Wyndham Mortimer urged black workers to join up with them saying, quote, we must solve together, not pitted against one another, all discrimination. It would take more than four years to finally organize at Ford, but black workers were at the forefront of that struggle. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show. I am a union miner and I'll work all night and day that's it for this week's edition of Labor History Today. You can subscribe to LHT on your favorite podcast app. Even better, if you like what you hear, and we sure hope you do, please like it in your podcast app, pass it along, and leave a review. That really helps folks to find the show. Labor History in Two is a partnership between the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show, a labor-themed radio show out of Pennsylvania. Thanks to the Pennsylvania Labor History Society and the Battle of Homestead Foundation for organizing the April 1st annual commemoration of the history of working people in Winber, Pennsylvania. Find out more on their websites, palaborhistorysociety.org and battleofhomestead.org. Our music today was performed live at the Slovak Educational Club in Winber, Pennsylvania by coal miner's balladeer Tom Briding. You can find out all about Tom at Tom Briding, that's B-R-E-I-D-I-N-G, He's got a concert coming up on May 10th at Club Cafe in Pittsburgh. Labor History Today is produced by the Kalmanovitz Initiative for Labor and the Working Poor at Georgetown University. The Labor History Today team includes Ben Blake, Patrick Dixon, Leon Fink, Sherry Lincoln, Joe McCartan, Evan Papp, Jessica Pozak, and Alan Weirdak. For Labor History Today, this has been Chris Carlock. Thanks for listening, keep making history, and see you next time.
10,000 strong I'll make my stand My union brothers All there with me We ain't coming home Till Sheriff Chafin Is hanging from A sour apple tree I am a union miner And I'll work all night and day I am a union miner I'll mine your coal for union wage I'll mine your for union wage. Thank you so much.